Agency Growth Mastermind Podcast, pointing the way for agencies going from 1 million to 10 million in revenue. We're only having 1 million plus agencies on here. I think that one of the issues is with agency-focused podcasts is they have everyone, even people that have a two-person agency, and it's a little different. So um, then we've got, you know, a big piece to this to me is a rising tide lifts all boats. And one of the keys from my point of view is niched focused agencies, um, having people on that don't feel like they're competing with each other and then sharing as much value as we possibly can during the podcast. Today, I've got Ron Dodd of Visitor, an e-commerce SEO company that works with Spanx, Gerber, Masioke, and a ton, ton of other companies on Magento and Shopify. So you guys are managing over 1 billion in revenue. That's pretty intense. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we had a, a mutual, we had a, a business coach. I think he worked with you as well. Yeah, the man Gene. Yeah, we uh, yeah. we go way back. I, I worked with Gene like five years ago. I want to say it's been it's been a while, but uh, Gene was definitely a guy that really helped me, uh, set me on my way, and I owe a lot of the, you know, impact and, and growth that we've able to achieve through Gene. And he's kind of told me some stories about you know, things that you and him worked on, speaking on stages was one of them. So has that been part of uh, your story? And do you still speak on stages as part of your guys' client acquisition strategy? <laughs> I do if I have to. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked out really well. I mean, Gene was perfect in helping agency owners. It was really perfect helping me because I think at the time we met, I was just like a 23-year-old, didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, doing everything for everyone from website design, SEO, social media, and you kind of alluded to it. You, you really need to niche yourself when you're small because it's the only way you can really make a compelling message for someone to trust you as an expert and buy your services. Um, and really, I just kind of sit down, Gene, and we kind of went through our client base and we just kind of figured out like, what do you like doing the best work in? What gets you the best results for your clients? What makes you the most money? And all three of those kind of avenues led us down to SEO. Uh, for e-commerce brands. And that's when we really decided, let's just go niche an SEO for e-commerce. And um, definitely scary as a business owner. You know, I was doing maybe 20K a month of revenue at three employees. You know, it's not like I was making a lot of money and, you know, to tell someone like, hey, I want you to abandon 60% of your revenue and just go after that 40% when you're already thin margins is really a scary proposition. Yeah. But, you know, I did it. Um, it worked out a lot better than I thought it would. <laughs> uh, yeah. Able to really focus in on e-commerce, focus in on Magento. And then we talked about strategies to get business. Um, and uh, one of them was, why don't we try speaking engagements? And I applied for every speaking engagement that involved e-commerce. Um, only one said yes. And it happened to be Magento Imagine, which was uh, basically a Super Bowl conference for e-commerce brands. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's what really catapulted me to yeah. the next level. I, I did that speaking engagement. So nervous. I drank like two Red Bulls. I was 25 years old doing this speech in Vegas in front of a crowd I'd never met before. And I didn't know anything about Magento either. I was just kind of like was making it up. <laughs> so yeah. did that speak engagement and that's what really catapulted us to doing 60K a month. I think I had like, you know, maybe 10 people at the time. And then I uh, met my future business partner there, uh, Brian Cohn, who had a company called Visitor, which did paid media management for e-commerce brands as we decided to merge them together and, and grow together. So I know that's a super long story, but uh, it's a cool story. So oh, I'm going to share it. <laughs> that's awesome. Shout out to Gene Hammett, who 
you know, was part of that. So genehammett.com, I think, if you're interested in working with him. But it kind of kicks off this next part of the conversation, which I, I just want to throw out here. Like, how have coaches in general and maybe paid mentors, maybe other kinds of mentors played a role in your growth as a leader? Oh, I mean, huge. I mean, how else are you going to learn like how to do things, you know, whether it's an EO group, a mentor, a business coach, you know, everyone's got to be having people that they rely on. Um, in our organization now we have, you know, uh, three partners in the organization. So it's easier for us to really pull in a lot of different viewpoints and we all have our own business mentors that are able to pull in information. But I mean, if you think about Visitor, I think we've had anywhere from 25 to 30 hands on the company organization throughout the years where that's consultants, you know, um, friends, family, those kind of things that really helped us get you, to where we are. How do you like choose when it's time to kind of try a new mentor or coach? Yeah. And how often, like how often do you do that? I guess is my real question. Yeah, it's a great question. I think really a business coach is needed once you have a little bit of proof of market. Like you're like, hey, I'm doing well. I, I got, you know, 10, 15, 25,000 dollars recurring revenue. You know, I'm making a good living. Now I want to take this next level and start, you know, really hiring people and building an agency, building a brand, you know, that's not relying on just my time. I think that's where a business coach really comes into handy and especially ones that, you know, have been there, done that. Um, you know, Gene, uh, Jason Swank is another one, you know, that make a really good team of, consulting agency owners um, and have a lot of, you know, input. So people have been there, done that, um, or just other business consultants in general have certain skill sets. You know, there's some that focus on building sales teams for organizations, some that focus on building HR, finance, those things. And all of them could really help <laughs> in building your brand up. Yeah. And there's just like different times. I, I'm obviously much lower, like uh, earlier on the journey uh, revenue wise, but I'm, I think there's been ones like I've needed one for management and I, um, mad singers was a great one for that. I needed yeah. one for sales coaching and Gene was a great one for that for me. Um, also niching, like we, we, he helped me with our niche too, which was home improvement. So cool. Love it. Yeah. I think just kind of like cycling through them. And I think good ones also know that you're not going to necessarily always be their student forever. And I think that that's good, right? Like you can't have a coach that knows everything about sales management, this, 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 it's hard to have the same coach for five years, I think. Yeah, you can. Um, I still okay, talk you to Gene all the time. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can definitely do it for sure. I mean, I love talking to Gene anytime he, he won't, he's willing to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, but I yeah. would like to talk to him more too. I just like, basically it comes down to like survival. I need like a coach on a specific, like I did not know how to manage people. Like, yeah, so I needed yeah. that bad and I don't have enough, I don't have like enough free money to just be like, I can have more than a couple of coaches yeah. for a team at a time, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think some people could even like, you know, talk about board seats and those things, you know, down the road. Um, Ooh, that's those good. are things that we've always looked at, you know. Um, I've seen some people that have a lot of success with that. I was just talking to a competing agency in town and they said they just did 1% to another agency owner in town who had a niche, a different niche than theirs. And just like, you know, to, to have unlimited consulting time with, for 1%. Hmm. I mean, that seems pretty, pretty yeah. decent deal. I don't know. I'm sure that unlimited will turn to limited pretty quickly when they start trying to talk to them every day though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, who are you? Like, yeah, well, guys, it gave me an unlimited. I meant, meant like, you know, don't call me every week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, that's true. So yeah. how do you, you know, it's really comes down to how do you prioritize 
new information you'd like to consume. I want to read every book that anyone ever suggests to me, but I, I've gotten to this spot where I filter. I've got a principle in place where I filter new books by who told me about them. Are they far enough along that they might have something? Yeah. And usually I like somebody to tell me about a book more than once. Like I like to hear it from two or three people before I read a book. How do you prioritize information, whether it's books, courses, or articles? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I just try to do my best. I mean, I don't know what the best way is. I know the way that I do it and yeah. whether that's not the good, the best way or not, I have no idea, but I use a uh, syndicated list of websites I subscribe to everything from e-commerce, SEO, SEM. I listen to a lot of podcasts too, yeah. also, also while I'm working. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a really good retention way to retain info, but yeah. I do it. You know, uh, Jason Swig's podcast, Gene's content's great. I like to listen more about people than trenches. Like I love learning about, you know, agency owners that are coming up, you know, like yeah. the rising stars, like you guys, because I think you guys bring the new perspectives that can always really, you know, invigorate, you know, the, the bigger kind of entities, you know? So yeah. I, I try to really listen a lot less of kind of old content with books. I kind of hate saying that because, you know, there's so much there's wisdom and feedback. Yeah. yeah but I like listening to like more kind of, you know, I've been, this is what we did the past year. We grew, you know, 300%. These are the tactics we did. I like more of that kind of content yeah. personally, but yeah, that's it's crazy me. because a lot of, a lot of people give a lot of stuff away. That's the weird thing. Yeah. Podcasts and blog articles, like no one, I think the thing it comes down to is like, if you achieve a certain level of success, a lot of people do enter that phase. And I, I've tried to enter it early, even though I'm not that crazy successful yet is just starting to give stuff away because they're like I don't, I don't want to just be a success I want to also feel like I'm giving back to the community and I think that there's a lot of people that feel that way and they try to help other people and so that content is out there if you're looking for it you gotta you gotta filter through there is a lot of bullshit right like there's a lot of podcasts and content where people are just rehashing the same shit but if you filter through some of that, you can really, I mean, you just, you know, listen to enough podcasts. There's some amazing agency podcasts out there. Um, there's a company called Sure Oak. That guy does an amazing job on his podcast. He's a smaller, uh, S-U-R-E-O-A-K. And he has a lot of really great guests. He's kind of brilliant. He's this really, he's the funny thing is he's actually a very, I think he doesn't have a huge team. He uses a lot of contractors, but yeah his uh his content is really phenomenal i strongly suggest cool. suggest checking that one and then i really I'll love check it out. donald miller's story brand podcast i don't know if you get into donald miller at all but he is for branding stuff he is insanely good and like yeah so those are a couple that i love nice yeah i appreciate that i'll check them both out that's great absolutely so okay we've to got my podcast game <laughs> oh hell yeah so we've got, how do you prioritize what you should do, what you should versus what you should delegate? I think this is no matter where you're at, if you're 1 million or even before that, and you're trying to go to 10 million, if you can't figure out what to delegate versus what to do, because there's certain things you probably yeah. should do, right? Like, well, how do you, how do you draw the line for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. I think really like the blueprint that I've seen agencies do really well in is, you know, doing your niche, getting into that 10 million run rate, and then expanding out your services grow to the... 20, 30, 40 million run rate. Like you look yeah. at like a really successful agency, like CPC strategy, they were just product feed, you know, optimizers for markets, marketplaces. They just did Google shopping. They just did, 
you know, uh, Amazon advertising eventually. Um, and they grew that agency to a really great run rate, like 15, 20 million, whatever it was. And then they ended up selling to, you know, um, at the time elite SEM and now Tenuity. And then Tenuity, you know, it was just elite SEM, very successful agency that had a niche for search engine marketing and, you know, hence elite SEM. Um, and then they got to a certain range they're doing maybe, I think it's 15, 20 million, you know, and then uh, they started acquiring other agencies to grow to the next level, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the first kind of like blueprint, if you will, of like that, that stage, and we're just talking about the zero to uh, 10 million. I think the biggest thing to do is just really deep, not deprioritize, but try to outsource or hire for everything that's not sales, you know? I think that's what made us really successful getting to 6 million is yeah. we just do all the sales ourselves as the owners. And we basically had teams doing project management, accounting, finance, everything, servicing the clients. And we're able to invest a lot more into that. And we had some really great senior leaders that are able to really take the reins from operations and servicing accounts. And really let me and my partner at the time just really go bully the cowboy sales guys and you know, sl slinging deals and getting deals done yeah. over the fence to our sales and production team. Um, and then from there, you know, we, we built out the sales team and that really helped us go from, you know, that seven to 10 million run rates while we, you know, helped all facets of the company hiring, getting the best talent, those kind of things. And now we're just at the point now where that kind of, you know, 10 million run rate looking to go to 20 million. Um, COVID yeah. took a, threw a little wrench in our plan this year, but, uh, we're back yeah. on track now. So okay, <laughs> let's, continue hey, growing. Let's, let's talk about that briefly. Cause I'm sure some people, you know, I always do content for the next month. Like I. Yeah. I know some people will listen to it later, but for those of you who listen to it later, uh, COVID is happening, obviously. Uh, big, big time craziness. But COVID hasn't knocked you guys off too hard from what I can tell on your LinkedIn. How did you identify pockets of growth opportunities during economic downturn? Yeah. That, hey, there's always going to be another economic downturn, right? So how always. do you identify those? Yeah, well, I think one really great thing that I went through, especially my partners went there, is they were around during the 2008 recession. So it's like, you know, this pales in comparison then, right? And we were super fortunate. I really feel for any agency owner out there who was really impacted by COVID. I can't imagine what that's like. We were impacted maybe, I think, 15, 20% negatively. It was mainly a lot of clients just freaking out, like very yeah. uncertain, you know, they're having supply chain issues. They had uh, demand issues. We had some clients that revenue went down 50% in one month, right? Rightfully oh, so. They're, they're pretty freaked out over it. And so we had revenue impacted by that. We had some clients that had to quit services because they just couldn't get supplies in from overseas. I mean, there's definitely a lot of more impact than I would thought of being in e-commerce. You'd think that'd be really helped with COVID, but it's actually quite the opposite. We had one client actually quarter services because they didn't need to run advertising anymore. They were making so much money through organic SEO. They're like, we just shut off all of our ads. We don't even need to do ads anymore, you know? So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy how, you know, COVID impacted, uh, you know. But the good news is a lot of e-commerce brands did thrive. Um, we added 34 logos since March. So we've had a lot of good acquisition um, and really seeing the market rebound nicely for us. And so we're back on the path of, growth really so uh could be more pleased and i think that's why it's so important to pick the right niche you know it's just if you can align yourself to yeah. good technology good markets you know you could just be an okay agency and you're still going to grow <laughs> that's that's our strategy so yeah <laughs> um no i i want to throw just a little plug out here for you guys as other agency owners may um come across companies that would need you so you guys are big into e-commerce paid paid ads 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, we really are kind of three agencies coming together. It was okay, an SEO you. agency, a paid media agency. So Google search, Google shopping, Facebook yeah. ads, et cetera. And then a Magenta development agency. And so yeah. really we took these three agencies, put them together. We do Magenta websites, Shopify Plus websites. We do SEO and content. We do paid media. And then we just launch email marketing. And so for us, we're trying to go into a, uh, a market of those kind of agencies that are doing 10 to a couple hundred million annual revenue. And we want to go compete against them. And we're trying to go a little bit up market. And basically we've got pretty big e-commerce uh, brands up. Uh, and, and what's the range here? Just so yeah. like anyone that's going to refer you guys out, if there's a company out there that needs something like that, where, yeah. where does it come down to? E-commerce brand doing anywhere from five to a couple hundred million in revenue, um, okay. or it could be a brand that does not do um, any online. Like um, we start working with uh, Panduit, Domtar, these other brands that are really large offline conglomerates okay. and are now looking to sell online. And I think for anyone out there who's trying to figure out niche, I mean, B2B right now is just really, really, really big right now, especially yeah. online. You know, yeah. I feel like that's a really growing market right now. Sure. Seem like grocery for e-commerce yeah. and these other other players. Um, there's so many cool spaces that are being disrupted right now because of consumer behavior. Um, but yeah, yeah so that's that's our target audience. Niches where they're already crowded, right? Like they all, the old blue ocean strategy. Look for those niches that are emerging that there's a ton of market in. But like other agency, I no offense, I'm not gonna pivot my agency all of a sudden to go after a new niche. I've got we've got our niche, so yeah, you know, yeah. like I like other people that have like maybe if you're pre 1 million or something or you know smaller you can pivot pretty quick i'm not gonna because i like our niche a lot but yeah you guys have to be killing it at home improvement <laughs> we have a lot no, of home improvement companies right now that are doing really really well <laughs> yeah i i'm not i'm not sad about the fact a lot of people decided to remodel their homes and do a bunch <laughs> of stuff during during covid i, th I think yeah home services is, is popping i won't say that we had like a giant rush we've had a little up uh, increase since COVID hit, but we, uh, we also had those ones that fell off. So we had a, we had a little bit of churn and then we're, we're probably like 10% yep. up since the beginning of COVID, but that's great. That's great. Good All right. Guys. So we've got top advice for agencies. Now just think back to yourself when you were going from <laughs> 1 million to 10 million, 1 million to 10 million, you know, you know, it's a tough time. I bet. I'm sure you could empathize oh, yeah. with people in that position. So you've got a little empathy for those people. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say stay the course. Don't try to, you know, go after the shiny ball. Um, I think there's been so many times my kind of career, especially when I was like younger and, you know, just starting off, I was like, oh, I want to go get involved in this social media business. I want to go get involved in this, you know, men's, uh, gosh, what was that brand I, I uh, was involved in? It was a uh, kind of a competitor to, um, gosh, the men's subscription boxes that send you different subscriptions of yeah. you know, men's yep. clothing. We tried to do a spinoff of that. I've been a part of, you know, four to five other startups and all of them were just complete waste of time. Like all of them, you know, gave me zero money. We never went anywhere. It was a huge headache, huge waste of time. And I just thought if I took all that energy and just devoted visitor, and I know it's hard. There's so many times where you're doing your, your business and you have a bad month. You just lost like five accounts. You lost like, you your board, right? Yeah, yeah. It kind of like Steve Jobs said best, like is you know, it takes someone who's completely insane to start a business because you have to go to work and do the same thing over and over again, expect a different result. And it's kind of the same thing with building agency. You're going to have really bad days, you know, it's huge, you know, swings, negative, huge swings positively too. And you just kind of have to weather the storm, just keep, you know, believing in what you do and just keep, you know, 
grinding away at it really. And then four or five years later, hopefully you'll come out the other side a lot, a lot farther ahead than you were before. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I've been reading this book called The Slight Edge. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. I'm going to check it's that actually, out too. It's basically a super simple idea. And it's almost like the least sexy self-help book, business <laughs> book you've ever read because it's basically just like small increments over time gathered. It's basically just about habits. It's about yeah. very simple habits, making sure you do them every day. And honestly, it sounds like the stupidest, simplest idea ever, but like it's super, it's been very helpful. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a simple book, but I really, really like it. I like um, it. And I think too, like yeah. it's a, it's a good lead in for another thought I had too. It's like, yeah. I think so many people in business, they think like they look up to like Twitter and these other like gigantic businesses that grew out of nowhere, especially like people that are in Silicon Valley or people that, you know, are uh, starting tech businesses and they expect themselves to become this gigantic business overnight. And really business is pretty boring. You know, the vast majority of businesses take 10 to 12 years to really build up. I mean, even Facebook, they're one of the most successful businesses in American history. And it took them like 10 years to like start up. And so this kind of book you told me about the slight edge, you kind of yeah. just really kind of coincides with that thought of, you know, it's, it's not always about just like, you know, hitting that home run. Maybe it's just a lot of singles and just staying disciplined and just, you know, <laughs> really just kind of taking it day by day, really. Exactly. All right. So this one you can turn down if you, if you want, and if you feel like you're giving something away that you shouldn't be, but uh, any killer business development strategies that you guys got going on that maybe <laughs> you could go niche agnostic or something with? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, like for an agency to niche themselves in? No, I'm saying like any business development things you guys have got going on that's good that you'd want to share that wouldn't infringe on your, your niche advantage. No, no, not at all. I don't even mind telling what we do. I mean, yeah. it's not really like what we do is rocket science, honestly. Yeah. yeah. We do a lot of SEO, paid advertising. We have a great reputation. I think the core thing that we do here is we do really good work here. And it really makes my job easy because all I have to do is just go tell the story about what we're doing client work wise. Mm -hmm. And then clients find us through that. And so I think first and foremost, the best killer business idea, business development idea is just do good work. You know, put your clients ahead yeah. of you, make them successful, get them results. And then go tell other clients about that, you know, yeah. and um, we do a lot of SEO. We do a lot of paid media management, you know, Google, Facebook. We probably spend 10K a month in Facebook and uh, Google. Uh, we have a good marketing team. We have a sales team now that are, you know, we're buying data and then we're emailing um, sequences to these prospects. I, I think our number one business development strategy we've ever done has been cold emailing. Um, it's always really? the best results. Yeah, but it took us a while to get there. Like, I don't think you could do cold emailing yeah. until you have the results we had. Like, we yeah, were and you, probably, guys, you guys probably pair that with, you guys have really good video case studies from what I've seen. You've been, <laughs> I like those. I need to I update like those. those. Yeah, we most, use retargeting ads. The, story the storytelling. I Honestly, I think I sent one of your, uh, your videos to our video guy and was like, please do something like this. Like, <laughs> I, I just I I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like uh, it was a female, and she was talking, and you had like some animations of upward graphs, and it was basically like animated analytics. Stephanie stuff. at the brace shop, I want to say. Yeah, it was great. It was, what is, what was that brand again? Uh, the brace shop. They're out of business now. They actually uh, uh, went bankrupt. Yeah, selling braces okay, so in retail <laughs> setting online is not a good idea nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they were clients for like twelve years of this journey. We did that case video case study in two thousand fourteen, uh, but they yeah. uh, they uh, sold. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, we and something funny story there too. Talking about you know pivoting your business too. We used to work with a lot of retailers, yeah. and then they all got crushed by the brands online because a brand you could sell your product for a mm. much lower price because you have better margins. And so yeah. retailers online were just absolutely. It was just a you know a great retailers. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got a little off track, but yeah, video oh. case studies awesome yeah. for sure. And I highly yeah, suggest I, you do them and use retargeting for people to visit your website with them. I love that. Man, you guys got so many cool things going on. I thanks, man. You too. Thank you <laughs> so much, man. I uh, just to speak to your last point about just doing good work, and that's always such a scary thing for a, a newer agency. Like, yeah, I know, but no one knows about our good work and all that, right? Like, I've yeah, I've been there. And something I've kind of done lately, because it's hard to scale, because that's easy to do to me when you have a small team and you're like, all right, guys, I know that. This is a strategic account. Let's push on it. Let's make sure it's a beautiful case study. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, yeah. But then when you, I mean, like even just now 14 people or whatever that we've got, there's a, it's like hard to figure out how to make sure that's still happening. Cause you also have to think about scope creep. I think yeah, that that's yeah. one thing that we've watched out for. Like we can't be building a website a second time if we only got paid to build, build it one time. Right. So you have to watch scope creep, but I, what I'm trying to do is, uh, you know, in our last marketing for ourselves meeting, which I love marketing. I love marketing an agency. It's so fun. I don't know. I just love it. That's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, it's so I fun. I love it too. Me. Yeah. And, and selling, but less for me, less, I don't love that as much, but I, that's one of my flaws. But I was in the meeting with the marketing, the four or five people that we talk about marketing with. And I just said, I want half of our budget that we had for marketing. I wanted to go into delight campaigns for existing clients, including if we have to give some shit away, like we're yeah, going to yeah. go, we're going to go, we're going to go do some video with clients, even if they don't pay us. I hope they pay us. I'm going to ask them to pay us. And if they don't, I'm still going. Yeah, yeah. So that's like my strategy right now. I don't, we'll see how it goes. I'll tell you in a, I'll tell you in a couple of years. Or one I love month, it, man. I think, I think that's yeah. the move though. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, and in effort, you know, like time and money and effort, we're taking half of our marketing budget and putting it towards like very strategic delight campaigns for existing clients. What do you mean by delight? Like basically like that idea of like giving video away Got or it. doing stuff that we didn't say that we were going to do as deliverables. Like yeah, yeah. we're trying to, we're trying to figure out what our next, what our two times more expensive service offering is, right? Like we're, we're an SEO company, but what if we did like the super in-depth lead tracking for them on a, you know, like whether stuff closes or not, cause we don't, you know, it's all about leads for us. And yeah. then also like, what if we did more subject matter expert interviews for content, even if we didn't sell that as part of the deliverables, we're trying to add these new random things to a couple strategic accounts to try to build out the new generation of services. You know what I mean? To yeah. try to like, better build version 2.0 of the service. And it's like also to then get these like kind of wow moments for a few clients that just like are the kind of the clients that talk you up anyways. Yeah. I think it's super smart, you know, and you're just building up those cases, building up your results. And then you can use that to hook in new, uh, new brands. <laughs> I love your, I love your uh, <laughs> tagline. Exactly. You can't, you can't have a marketing conversation for longer than like 30 minutes without accidentally saying hook. That's also what I like about it. I, I always like, kind of hope that like our competitors in town are like every once in a while, just like randomly talking to like somebody that we're both talking to and say our name accidentally like shit. No, yeah. 
That's funny. Oh man, are you guys working from home or are you guys? Yeah, doing- yeah, we're probably going to go straight remote, honestly. Oh really? Um, nice. Yeah, we'll have the offices. We're opening back up 2021, but you know, we'll see. I mean, it's just it's almost like why bother now, you know? <laughs> I feel that we the, here's yeah. we were basically moving into a gorgeous new office right when COVID hit. We had three days in the office, hmm. and then COVID hit. So we basically hmm. were like, like now we're kind of. I don't know. Stuck yeah. a did you, hopefully you didn't pay a lot for the build out. Did you? Oh no. The build out was $0. Oh, um, nice. Well, cool. Or like 5,000 or something. Like we, we like yeah. grinded the floors or something. Got Crazy it. story though. I mean, Crazy man. I'm kind of glad though, because like, you know, we're young entrepreneurs, you know, everyone thinks you had it easy. You, you came up during the, you know, or the boom town. Yeah. I yeah. want to go through some shit and still win and then get a little bit more respect out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll be going through it. Well, the good news is, I think, honestly, COVID, like, we just won't have another dip like that ever again, you know, like, yeah, that abrupt, that you weird. know, just, yeah, thankfully, you're in it, you're in a really great space. So I mean, home improvement's huge, you know, so I don't yeah. think that should happen to you guys. Again. I like the anchored quality of it. That's, that's what I like about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So you guys do uh, websites, SEO paid advertising? Yes, um, cool. mostly like our biggest thing, basically, like, if you want to give us the tightest niche possible while we're going from one to 10, it'd be mm-hmm. like roofing SEO. Yeah. And we have a lot of roofers and, but remodelers, home builders, we have like, we have solar, uh, that kind of shit though. You know what I mean? Like, and SEO is our biggest thing. So we're like very, we have writer, a lot of writers and kind of like content going out and link building and all that stuff. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, that's pretty much our model too. It's funny. We yep. sell SEO, but it's like, 90% of what we build for is content. <laughs> yeah. Just developing content, you know, I feel like that's like, exactly. the future. I mean, it's, it's such a great niche, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you exactly. guys, what websites you build on? What platform? WordPress? Uh, we're very, yeah, we're WordPress. Like you could almost say we're only WordPress. I have like two clients on stuff that's not WordPress. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. Feel, I feel weird about it. Cause I like, no, we can't move quick. You know, like yeah, it's yeah. hard, man. It's hard to have developers on staff for like many CMSs. Sometimes it feels messy. Yeah, uh, I, I can agree more. So. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I remember doing the websites. It was, it was funny because we stopped doing websites. We were just doing marketing services. I'd still have these clients hit me up about their website changes. Like, dude, go get a good developer. Stop hitting me up. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to fix your website yeah. anymore. You know, it's not no, my problem now. <laughs> I know it's such a funny, it's hard. Like I tried to get those like few freelancers or like littler companies to like just divvy that stuff off to, but I always kind of yeah. feel bad because I'm like, I don't, I, this is a rat's nest of code, but here, take it. <laughs> like I, I'm, I've built some pretty ugly looking websites on the back end before in my life. I mean, it's hard to be both like a entrepreneur type, a coder, a designer. Like I've been like, now I'm an SEO. Like it's a lot of shit to try to be. So like yeah. I do it. I do everything at like, to be honest, I do a lot of things at like a medium level, but you combine all those things. It's kind of a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here might be some interesting for you too. Um, yeah. How much of your website business is websites like reoccurring and project-based? So we're probably at like 20% websites, 25% websites. Dude, something to think about. And this is something that I always thought about doing. It's something that really helped us grow is abandoning websites and then going partnering with every website company out there, you know? It's like, Ooh. if you got, you got the business to do it, it's like, dude, if 80% of your you know, revenue is SEO, Ooh. 
you just go to these website companies and say, hey, we know you can't do SEO. Well, we do SEO well for working all these guys. It's something we did originally. Um, yeah. when we were, it worked really well for e-commerce brands. We just went and said, we just do SEO and paid advertising for XYZ. And then we go yeah. find the guys who did the websites for them and they would just send us tons of deals. So it's food for thought. I love, I love that. I just get scared sometimes because here's the deal. We have pretty good acquisition. We have a good amount yeah. of leads coming. Like our own website brings in a lot of leads. And yeah. so like I, some people, I'm having a hard time partnering with people. Like really? we're, so, we're spoiled. I get bored of bending down to other like referral partner people. Yeah, it's a grind for sure. But then it's like you get a lot of them Then you're able to have like a channel partner who manages them all. But yeah, I think that's probably just due to not having the right partnership. Like we partner with a company called Blue Acorn out of Charleston. Yeah. Dude, I mean, they sent us just opportunities that were just killer. You what know? kind of company is that adjacent to you? What do they do? They, they do websites. They did okay. websites for Magenta Brands and all their websites are $500 to $1 million, $500,000 million. Oh, right. So it's like they sent a deal to us. It's like, yeah. well, we're just like, you know, it's, they sent us Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams, which has like a thousand retail stores in the US. You yeah. know, it's like those kind of ops. So I think it's probably just an ops, but it's maybe, but I think for you too, it's like you probably come across so many opportunities that they have a really shitty website and you're like, I have to redo this website to get good SEO. Yeah. Otherwise it's not going to work. So I think it's kind of a hard, you know, well, problem to I have. Think, I think e-commerce too, like there's more agencies that do big e-commerce sites that don't do other stuff. There's for leads, yeah. and it seems like people that do web websites always end up doing marketing because like the sites aren't enough money. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I was about to think that. Yeah, that's probably another problem is you just don't have the people that just focus on the website builds. They probably do all the marketing services too. You know? Yeah. 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 I know you got a little bit of time before your next meeting. I'm glad that we we kind of uh, you know we wrapped it up and you got time. But it was really nice to chat with you. Um, yeah, nice training too, man. Yeah.